Welcome to Come Along With Me, a podcast for fans who finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am KK the Human. And I'm Laura, also the human. This is Chapter 1.5, The Enchiridion, boarded by Pendleton Ward, Adam Muto, and Patrick Hale. In this episode of Come Along With Me, we discover what it takes to be a totally righteous hero. This podcast contains full spoilers for all of Adventure Time. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. Our episode summary. After rescuing Princess Bubblegum from a collapsing building, she sends Finn on a quest to retrieve the legendary Enchiridion, a book only for the most righteous of heroes. Finn and Jake navigate a not-so-tricky puzzle, deal with some cruel illusion-weaving gnomes, and escape a giant. Once they reach the book's keep, Finn is tasked with slaying an evil beast in his dreams. He does so happily, but when ordered to kill an unaligned ant for the book, Finn refuses. This resolve proves that he is truly righteous, and everyone comes to celebrate with a delicious picnic. What's the book's first lesson? How to kiss princesses. Ooh. Okay, so the Enchiridion, uh, one of those episodes that would seem kind of just uh, average kind of, for lack of a better term, filler, but becomes pretty key and important down the line. Yeah, um, the Enchiridion is such a fun prop for the entire series, and I appreciate that it was taken from the fifth episode of the series. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What was your favorite moment from the episode? Um... Do you think I got the goods, Bubblegum? Because I am into this stuff. <laughs> when Bubblegum is giving Finn the quest. <laughs> I am into this stuff. It's yeah, he, he's... Finn is such a geek when it comes to anything that involves beating people up or daring adventure. So it's really sweet to see that. Uh, what was your favorite part? There's probably two parts that I really liked, but I'll save the second one for later because it's kind of part of a bigger discussion. But there's this bit where um, Princess Bubblegum is falling out of the tower and Finn is rushing to go catch her. And the animation does this really interesting, like, kind of split screen effect. Um, It's just a very cool bit of animation. I know. And we don't really see anything like it in the rest of the show. Yeah, so I guess it was just the animators that day deciding to be kind of weird about it. Yeah, it's cool, though. It is very cool. All right. um, So I think the most obvious thing about this episode, at least to me, is this absolutely feels like a D&D session. I know. Again, coming off of the heels of tree trunks, it very much does. And I mean, we're even talking about, you know, unaligned and evil characters and not very subtle. Yes, absolutely. Um, I really like it feels like every single discussion anybody who's played D&D has ever had about the alignment system, which for people who haven't played the game, um, basically they they split up uh, what 
where different characters are on a morality scale. It's uh, good to evil. So you could be good, neutral or evil, and then you can be uh, lawful, which means that you follow laws, neutral or chaotic. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, clearly whatever's going on in the land of you, people think you can be literally evil. It's just an inherent part of you, but you could also be just totally unaligned and not, you know, be true neutral, just like this ant is. <laughs> um, I, at the very beginning, when they're partying at the Candy Kingdom, Finn goes, Jake, this party is so crazy. And that's the stinger on uh, Hulu. So it's mm -hmm. sort of burned into my brain because I hear it all the time. I feel like it wasn't just the stinger on Hulu. I think it might have also been um, like part of like their mainline advertisements on CN for a long time. Because I agree that that bit seems to ring a bell for me. And I only have gotten Hulu very recently. Um, we also meet Cinnamon Bun officially for the first time, and he has a different voice actor uh, really? than he ends up having. But then the crazy thing is the evil ogre mm -hmm. the, uh, has Cinnamon Bun's voice actor. So, like, his voice actor is in this, show, in this episode, but not as Cinnamon Bun. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Was Cinnamon Let's... Bun really the ogre the whole time now? <laughs> uh, speaking of taking little things that you uh, could desperately try to, you know, be at, you know, your pin board, putting everything together, trying to figure out the conspiracy. Um, when Finn is escaping from the giant, giant, I suppose, um, and he flies away on his dollar bill it has a kind of crystal money symbol on it and it's the same one in steven universe oh and i remember there was this long period of time where like there was a lot of theory crafting in the steven universe uh fandom about what it meant and if there was some sort of connection there um almost certainly it was just rebecca sugar or another a uh, cast member who also used to work on Adventure Time just put it in as a reference. Yeah, there's also like a zombie on the the giants. Uh, that's like who the character is. I couldn't figure that out, but I don't know. There's a zombie on the money symbol, you mean? Yeah, they're like the main guy on the money is, is some kind of spooky critter uh, zombie or something. Well, it seems likely to. We know, for example, um, that vampires have kings and queens. Admittedly, it's Marceline is now the queen of one since she killed every other vampire. Um, but why couldn't the zombies also have a democratically elected leader of some sort? I like that. Maybe uh, maybe we'll see. We'll learn more about the democratic elected zombies in uh, Come Along With Me. Who knows? Hopefully. Listen, if not, uh, I'm going to riot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm going to write it. And I was like, that's an interesting choice for some fan fiction, but I'll read anything you write. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, right. Riot. Are they really so different, uh, different in the end of the day? Good question. Um, I, I like at the very beginning, you see the bum bum bubblegum guardians are blowing bubbles. I think that's really cute. Oh, that's sweet. Was it, were they like just, Doing oh. it for fun, or do you think it has any... Well, uh, it's during the party, so I think they're, like, just kind of participating. Well, that's nice. Like, I kind of yeah. dig that uh, Bubblegum program that into them. 
Uh, I also really like that uh, <laughs> when they're going to the secret entrance, Bubblegum's like, now turn around. Turn around, sillies, as if, because the candy people, they're simple folk. They're, they're simple some, folk. You know, she, sure, she might have, you know, cameras watching them sleep and, you know, so much that just goes to her paranoia. But for some things, she'll literally be just like, just don't look at me and <laughs> trust that they will. Yeah. Um, other things I really liked. Um, honestly, I just really liked all the different tasks that they have to go up against. Like the little guy with a key on his head who talks super, super fast like this. Um, yeah. Uh, I just thought you'd look cute stuffed in that lock, says uh, Finn. <laughs> and like last episode, he also is just taken with how cute Tree Trunks is, which again, I just really appreciate how you can have this character who like loves fighting and kicking butt and he's like such a little boy, but also he's really uh, sensitive and soft and loves cute things. Yeah, it's, it's really sweet. And then he also gets legitimately extremely worked up uh, when all these old ladies are blown up. Oh, uh, that's right. It's such a wild thing of destroying old ladies. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to see what the deeper meaning is, but it literally just seems like the writers are like, okay, what's the most evil thing that like would freak Finn out? And then like pulled that out. And, um,. Honestly, it, it's kind of rough seeing how, how sorry Finn is about it. I know. Now, two of the old ladies do show up at the end when they're having the picnic. But then I think they go. I think they're destroyed again. I think they just go away. Do they get blown up at and the end again? Not maliciously, but I think they're there and then they're gone. Well, that just means that they ate some spaghetti and were like, we have to go to our crochet class and head off. Head it off. Yeah, okay. I, I like that. I like that theory. Thank you. Um... So kind of related, uh, you know, I probably should have brought this up near the beginning when we were talking about the Enchiridion itself. Um, it was really nagging at me because I was absolutely certain that it was the name of an actual book. I was like, okay, is it a book from Dungeons and Dragons or another kind of fantasy thing? Um, no, it's actually a philosophical textbook. Yeah, I vaguely knew it was a real book. Did you did you poke around at all? At yeah, not not a particularly deep look, but uh, basically Wikipedia describes uh, the Enchiridion or Handbook of Epictetus is a short manual of Stoic ethical advice compiled by Arian, a second century disciple of the Greek philosopher Epictetus. Well, yeah. That <laughs> um it's probably worth so obviously the the two of these have very little relation i highly doubt that the original actual enchiridion has anything about kissing princesses um but the stoic ethical stance is where we get virtue ethics from um you know the concept of you know there isn't any people aren't inherently good or evil uh the best thing you can do in the world is to strive to embody different virtues like kindness or purity or charity so very fin like very fin like i think yes so i like that there actually does seem to be some sort of uh logic behind the naming here that's neat yeah i like that yeah it's also it sounds cool oh absolutely it just sounds like a magical tome it also kind of sounds like Echidna. I've always kind of thought that, too. Echidna? Uh, yeah. Uh, are you thinking of the animal Echidna or the yes. Greek uh, or the Greek uh, monster Echidna? Uh, the animal. I've always really liked that because the Greek 
echidna was like the mother of all monsters, like this horrific, you know, twisted beast. And then the echidna is just like an adorable little porcupine. Um, I like the line. I'm not righteous. I'm wrongous. Stupid shiss. Oh. <laughs> that's such a fin. That's such a fin thing to say. <laughs> you might say it's such a fin. It's also definitely just such a thing for kids to say, where they just take a word and like, you know, take one of the, one of the syllables and replace it with something else. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, something else I, I noticed was the manly minotaur at the end, which a uh, it was extremely muscly and it was kind of weirdly uncomfortably so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also really reminded me of the manly minotaurs from Gravity Falls. I have the exact same note: Manish yeah. Man the Minotaur, Gravity Falls? Question mark. Yes. That's, uh, I wonder if that's a loving tribute or just a just a coincidence of the myth kind of lends itself to that and the it, alliteration. It might, I. Th- I'm tending towards it being B, um, but, you know, uh, the animation, animation isn't that big a field. Uh, most people have watched, you know, big things like Adventure Time, so it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, I'm sad you never see uh, Manish Man again. He seems like he could be a fun character. He, he does seem like a pretty chill dude. Um, you know, I kind of like just, you know, these early episodes where it's just like, yeah, Finn gets to have a picnic. Finn gets to have a picnic. Um... I will say, and on one hand, I do super appreciate this end joke of like, what would a hero's manual have? Well, nothing about, you know, actually how to save the day. It's about things like, how do you kiss the princesses you rescue? Um, it was still a weirdly uncomfortable uh, conversation there. Well, they just, the, we talked about this, I think, during Prisoners of Love, but, like, just that weird, like, romantic pressure they put on Finn from episode one is just, like, he's 12, y'all. He's Give him 12. a second. Yeah. And it's even, it's even, it's it's nice, actually, that they kind of redeem it. I think the way they handle Finn's romances as he grows up is actually quite uh, deft. But Agreed. in these early seasons, it's just, like, uh, all right. Maybe even that's it. what keeps, like, hanging me up like maybe i wouldn't be as surprised if it was in like any other kid show like okay yeah that's what you're gonna do but the fact that it's such a nuanced take on relationships in the rest of its run makes the season one stuff just stand out so much yeah that's that's fair yeah um otherwise i just really wanted spaghetti after watching that end scene that looked like good spaghetti uh i wanted to enter someone's brain space and learn some aspect about myself of which I wasn't quite aware. <laughs> I love the very specific phrasing of that. Oh, well, it was it's great. just like, it's just calling out the trope of what, what is happening and, you know, reminding us that it's a very self-aware show. That's like not necessarily going to treat a, teach us a lesson, but no, no, but listen, I'm a sucker for that trope. Um, that trope always almost just hits me where I like it. Yeah, it's good. So here's our question. Did we find the snail in this one? I did, yeah. You did? Where was the snail? Uh, right when he was saving PB at the very beginning, and the snail was right there. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad yeah. the snail was at the, uh, you know, Candy Kingdom-wide party. Well, yeah, that's right. He's partying with the candy people. Yeah. Um, in Boopaloopy Linguistics biz, we see math again, but we also got another bit of linguistics. Schmauzow! Schmauzow! <laughs> oh, man. These are just really fun to say. I, I, I just... It's part of why the show is just so 
energetic and fun. Yeah. Um, I think I should start incorporating some of these into my everyday language. Yeah. You know, I've definitely done that before. Like, um, after I started watching Parks and Rec, I think it was my sister who started like giving Leslie Nope style compliments. Like, you're such a beautiful ephemeral peacock. And at first <laughs> I found it weird, but once I started embracing it, like it really does help spice up conversation. <laughs> Finn, right. you majestic, righteous butterfly man. Is that a direct quote? I literally can't tell. No, it's, but it's accurate. It is accurate. I mean, wasn't he literally a butterfly in a past life? Yes. yes. He was literally a butterfly in a past life. Man, I can't wait to get to... There are so many things, listeners, that I cannot wait for us to get to talk to. Like, such weird bits of lore and character development. Um, I'm like, I... It's not like I would ever skip season one. It's wonderful. But it um, it definitely leaves some deeper analysis to be desired. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like season one our episodes top off at like 15 maybe 20 minutes and then by like season five we're on like a 40 minute rant about cosmology <laughs> okay right. i believe it is your turn to see your listeners off with a media recommendation Okay, so my media rec for uh, the episode is going to be the podcast The Adventure Zone, which is by the McElroy family. If you've uh, heard of their other podcasts, perhaps My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Or literally um, one of a hundred others they do. They are truly yeah, they the kings so of podcasts. podcasting. Um, and it is a wonderful uh, actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which I had never played Dungeons and Dragons before I, I listened to it. That's not a requirement. Uh, where these three brothers and their dad uh, play Dungeons and Dragons. And it starts out as like very silly and lighthearted and kind of just jokes, jokes, bits, bits. And then by the end of the series, I think I wept through the last dozen episodes. Like it's truly one of the best fantasy narratives um that exists today so yeah it's absolutely great and it's not just dungeons and dragons they've done a few different campaigns there's one that's kind of based on monster of the week adventures they've got one that's uh um, like vampires and werewolves in the old west they've got superheroes there's a lot of really fun stuff um beyond their very first campaign all right, everybody, thank you so much for joining KK and Laura the Humans on Come Along With Me. Email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three, and Instagram and Tumblr at Adventure Time Pod. Now come on, grab your friends, and go to very distant